Jam. Yeah, do the version. So he, okay. he oh, ready? You know who I am? Here we go. Let him know. Let him um, know. Um, cause name drop off, Mr. Mr. Name drop off. I'm the name drop off, Mr. Name drop off. You're a horrible name rapper. Not, not name, I'm not rapping. Name drop off. I name drop a lot. Hey. That's what I do. Uh, guys, uh, do I have to call you by your government? What do we call you? Pete, you, you, you guys have been my guy for so long, what do we man. Call you can you? call me what, whatever, man. Do it all. Do From it Lords all. of the Underground That's is right, here, man. ladies and gentlemen. That's He's right. also Dupre Kelly. He's a city councilman in Newark. Blah, 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 blah. Big blah, time blah, politician. Blah. He's wearing matching clothes and fresh sneakers. <laughs> he looks great. But uh, in the, for the purposes of this one at podcast, He's do it all, do. What's popping, man? Man, Pete, what up, man? Sife, what's up, man? man? You, as uh, you, I am. You make me so proud, bro. Oh wow! I of all your accomplish- all, accomplishments, and I never, I've been waiting to see you to tell you, but just the way you handle your business, man, to go from where you are, where you know where we come from, yeah, man. and to be this. The pivot is real, man. The yeah. pivot is real. I I respect the pivot. I pivoted. I know you do. You because you, you're you're doing all the funnies out there. Yeah, you're full fledged yeah. comedian. That's why I love. That's that's part of what I'm saying. And I he's love. Funny though, Pete. I love a pivot. He's very funny. He's funny. I, I've known for a long time, so I'm kind of over it. But well, he like, oh. yeah, he watched it go. They go. Oh, he's funny. I go. Yeah, I know. He's been doing. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like, yo, I look up at some of the old things when you're doing oh, comedy no, no, corners. No, no. no, you were having. He I was. He would be like, hey, we're having up a random improviser. Yeah, right. you know, like some literally <laughs> some the nerd. Yeah. Like, look at this guy right here, Liam. <laughs> but he's no, but he's a cool version of yeah. what Sife would bring up. Yeah. So you right. can imagine what I'm talking about. Right, right. Um, no, but listen, I'm just trying to try to decide between the two of you. Who who do you think's the bigger sellout? <laughs> Damn, for sure. It's gotta be, it's gotta be yeah. doing it. It's all. gotta be Sife, yeah. right? No, no you, you're a politician. Me. Hey, I remember coming to a comedy show with uh, you know, I used to hang with with um my guy Tracy Morgan a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shouts to Trey Moore. Joint. Yeah. You know, and it was uh, it was on um, Valentine's Day or something. Mm-hmm. It was for the women. Oh yeah, I remember that one. So Sife is the biggest sellout. He did it for the women. That oh yeah. The, oh, no, he yeah. will quit. You're right. He will quit. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Actually, you're right because I do. I am. I am really down with the Watts. No, no. By the way, and it, you are a politician in Newark. So yeah, in yeah Newark. you're you know right. What? I am the biggest sellout. Hundred percent. You hang out kept with, it. Yeah, yeah, you're hanging out with like Michelle Wolf, and yeah. he's in yeah. the streets of Newark. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, with Hakeem and Rashid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's you're a right. fact. And Shakita. So but how how far how far how long ago did you make the political moves? When did they begin? What year? Man, honestly, man, to be honest, uh, my my old manager Hafiz Fareed, he was chief of staff to a politician when Lords of the Underground was at our apex, right? So he was your manager. Yeah, but he was also chief of staff of of a politician. Oh, what? Um, like a same thing, councilman? Councilman, uh, yeah. city councilman by the name of Ralph T. Grant. 
Dr. Ralph T. Grant, let me put some spec on his name. Yeah. And um, so he had us knocking on doors and all of that. And one day he asked me, I mean, y'all know me. Y'all have known me since I was 19 years old. So one day I, I had Newark on my clothes and all of that, like I've been doing for years. And he asked me, he was like, he saw me in a studio one Ooh, day. The, the councilman. My manager, Hafiz okay, Farid. Yeah. And he was like, oh, you Newarked out today. And I was like, I'm always Newarked out. And he was like, what was the last thing you did for Newark? Mm. And I got defensive. Yeah. And I was like, I put on. I put on for my Said it on the song. I got it. I'm Shout them out. And he was like, I'm not talking about promotion and marketing. Right. What have you done for your city? And he stumped me. Yeah. And I felt like you're never going to stump me again. Mm. And, and every time we did a show, I would make sure that I would, you know, I wasn't really a big church goer, but I, I did believe in tithing, meaning like giving something to the less fortunate who didn't have. So I would take 10% of my, my hip hop money from shows, tours and all of that. And I wouldn't necessarily put it in church, but I would put it into the community. And it started, you know, I started a nonprofit organization. I started a, a lot of different things. And that was just one of the cogs in the wheel. But Tupac Shakur, back in 1992, we had a conversation in Orlando. Um, we were on a Tupac. Name dropper? Mr. Yeah, name dropper number one. That, by the way, dropper. Tupac's the number one name dropper. Oh, yeah. Fox. <laughs> but, but Pac is the one who told me, don't move from my community. Make sure that you start a nonprofit organization. And also... You might do, have to do something you don't want to do, and that's run for office. So turn those millions of record buyers into millions of voters. Well, and that he was said my, that back then. Back in 92. He, so he, he was said already specifically started. to you because he felt you had that path, or he said that to everybody? So me and Pac had got into an altercation on mm. tour. Mm. We were sharing a van with him. This is a van days yeah, yeah. You know, and motel days where you go to the room yeah. the outside. Yeah, the outside. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, he said to me, you know, he was like, uh, after we, he came to my room and he was just talking. Well, hold on. Let's start here though. What was the van altercation about? Being late. One of our members were late. One of the low tug members? One of the low tug members okay. were late. <laughs> and Pac started talking. Wait. This is what, this is what, uh, not outlaws, but this is with uh, Thug Life. Thug okay. Life yeah. tour. You know, shout out to Mo Prime, all of them. You know, this is when they were on. I know it wasn't Lord Jazz because the DJ is never late. It can't be the DJ. The DJ has to be ready. So we only had about five to six people with them and they had the other 10. Okay. And Pac used to always get in the back of the van. It was his tour. You know, he was making about 12,000 a night back then. Right. right? A lot of money. And he's back like, then it was a yeah, lot of money. And he's like, and he's like, he's I like, would, I wouldn't mind to make. I wouldn't Twelve thousand right now. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, that's your point. I mean, so he has sure he has ten people with him, but right. But but so he's like, who the fuck are you to be keeping me waiting? This is my shit. He's like, why are we not moving? You know. And then mm -hmm. he started talking in third person, like, man, it's my tour. People will be going home, and he was he was the main guy. Oh yeah, he was definitely. And the main then guy. and then he was waiting for his people lesser than him. And, and I don't know if it was less than not, not lesser, lesser, lower on the totem pole, not lesser so than a human being, right. but someone who worked, who wasn't the star of the show. Well, it was Pac's tour, right? But was the person you were waiting for the star of the show? No, Pac was the star. Pac, Pac was his right. tour, so Pac was the star. And he was waiting for for underlings. No, I don't want to say it was an underling. He was waiting for the the opening. Not even the opening. Safe. We know what you're trying to yeah. do and and do I'm it all. These guys know. I've been standing. I'm, I'm in being front political, of, right? No. I'm standing in front of a hotel waiting for the, these guys. No, no, it wasn't these guys. It no, was. I was. Yeah, but what he's saying is what he's what he do it all saying is your cops oh, sucks because he's because he is not them. Yeah, Lords of the Underground was still not fucking Liam and Lucas. No, right. All right. Put it like this. It was Tupac's tour, but we were the next headliner after. Right. Right. They so, oh, you were late. 
I wasn't, but you know, a, Saif, a member he, was. Saif, let me uh-huh. let me put it like this. Let me put it like this. They so did, was he funky? The other member was. was whoever this was late like, was the person funky? Hey man, I, I mean, <laughs> Saif, they don't have it. What he's trying to say is, I get it. No, I no, no it. they don't have Chief Rocca. Like right, they had Chief yeah, Rocco, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And, but um, anyway, so he's so he's like, why am I waiting? Why am I waiting? Okay, because we were sharing a van right. with, with the with the headliner. So he started talking to third person, and I felt like we were getting dissed. Mm-hmm. So I started talking to third person back, mm-hmm. even though I was wrong. But I started, you know, I just I couldn't be embarrassed because every time he says something, Thug Life, mm-hmm. you know, they kicking, kicking, and and then I started talking to third person, and then when it started to get heated. Then the other member came onto the bus. I mean, <laughs> onto the van. So I said, "All right, now I can stop and let him finish." And then, long story short, we went to the uh, we went to the the sound check. Came back. The show was actually canceled because the promoter didn't pay all of the money to Pac. Mm. So the show was canceled. But Pac came to my room. He had two forties in his hand. He had a blunt behind one ear. He had a Newport behind the other. You know, a T shirt under his arm. I opened the door, man, and when I opened the door, he was like, yo, you're going to let me in? He handed me a 40. He took the Newport out of his ear, and this where you could smoke in the hotels, lit up the Newport. Ah, the good old days. <laughs> right. And then, man, and he just started dropping stuff that I wouldn't believe that a 21-year-old person would, would speak about back then, or 20-year-olds, whatever we were. And he started talking about, like, I never heard it, man, like Black Panther stuff. Don't move where you from and turn your your record buyers into voters. And we might have to do something that we don't want to do. And that's become legislators. Even though Mm. I went to college, Shaw University, I almost didn't know legislation was. Like, what are you talking about? And um, he said, yeah, if we don't make the laws for us, then somebody else will make laws for us. You know, so, so he was on that in 92, 92. This is Orlando, Florida, 1992 in a motel. And actually on, on another podcast, we showed him because his limo broke down that day. We showed him in the limo with us talking about this type of stuff. So Lord Jazz got all of the, the VHS. Oh, there's VHSs of this. Oh, no, this the, is this is real talk. That Lord Jazz had. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's wow. crazy, too, because I don't I don't know that I ever like the, the, the recent Pac series gave me a lot of insight into just like how deep he was yeah. with regard to like, yeah, like I believe, I believe what you're saying. Like no, it makes different. sense. He was, yeah, he was different. He was different. And it wasn't always visible on the outside. If you were just a fan of the music, no. like you didn't necessarily understand how deep he was. It wasn't all reflected yet. I mean, if you were digging into all the album cuts, you could hear it. Mm-hmm. But you know, for those of us who are here and I get around, no, you wasn't. you're not processing no. what this whole, what this guy was about. Did you continue to know him well, given his Jersey connects, et cetera? Because I would imagine y'all had many run-ins. So, so I never said this to, well, I haven't said this to many people, but I introduced Fatal to Pac. Wow. You know what I mean? Um, Fatal's from Jersey. Gaddafi's from from Jersey. Uh, Muta Quim, who was the DJ and a producer from Jersey. Young these Noble. are the outlaws. Yeah, these are the outlaws. Young Noble. All of these people are from Jersey. You know, that's why Pac had a special relationship with us because our manager, Hafiz Farid, it has a, a special relationship with all of Pac's family members. And Jamal Joseph put me in independent movies because of my relationship with Pac. You know, and, and a lot of people didn't know that because I didn't really, you know, exploit it. Yeah. He, this was just my guy. When I was young, a young DJ, my first couple of gigs in Jersey, this is why I was threatened because I wasn't playing enough Pac. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, I only have, I get around with me. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want me to play? Right. Bro, they used to get, you had to play Pac in Jersey. It was crazy. And Muta, Muta, who's now in Saudi Arabia, you know, 
That was my little brother, like, you know. So all of them was from Jersey, man. Shout out to Edie. He wasn't from Jersey, but most Where's of the he from? Um, I think Edie is from um, Georgia or somewhere. Mm. It's very interesting. The Tupac Jersey relationship is a mm-hmm. interesting one. Yeah. It's, uh, it also sort of adds to Tupac's legend that he's so connected to so many places. Yeah. Deep yeah. Jersey Connect, mm-hmm. pretty pretty deep Harlem Connect, mm-hmm. Baltimore, Baltimore Connect, yeah. Baltimore, the Bay Connect, yeah. L.A. Connect. Mm-hmm. It's like there's so much. Yeah. So it's, it's just interesting. Yeah, he would have easily been the mayor of Oakland or Baltimore, easily, at minimum. He would have been the mayor. Yeah, I, I, I always wonder about what his ceiling was going to be. And it certainly, don't, I don't think, was going to be music or even acting. Mm-mm. He would have definitely did something political. Does your family ever find it crazy that like you were in a situation at some point in which you were having an argument with Tupac? It's kind of like not believable. It's he's yeah. sort of a mythical figure. You know what I mean? You know, Pac has turned into Elvis for our generation. Yeah, maybe even, but, no, but more even so. More, more, more so, I'll give you that. Yeah, more because so. El- not, not, not more, it's just more powerful. More powerful, more yeah, connected on a personal, in a personal way, and more mysterious. Yes. Because Elvis was around for so long. I mean, Elvis went from being a kid mm-hmm. to being this sort of, you know, the fatter adult, uh, not you know, drug addicted version. I'm sorry. I don't shame him. No, I, I'm sorry. By the way, I kind of prefer old Elvis. I, I, he has some joints from that. <laughs> Era that he I actually really, he had some joints, but we Don't watched act like him. y'all ain't try to watch Elvis on the weekend on all the shows and back in the day. So so he we we watched his whole life sort of yeah. evolve to a certain degree with Tupac. Yeah, his light was so it was just so fast. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, but but when you think of Tupac now, we think of the one of the biggest figures in hip hop lore. Just hip hop alone. I'm talking about yes, all the other stuff not included, like hip hop. But when he first started out, he was just another semi underground rapper, like all these other rappers yeah. he was around, like that, like a Black Moon talking about being with Tupac. You talking about it? All these people, like he was just another no rapper. One, the people who are disconnected and came along later do not understand that when Tupac dropped, I get around and the and the stuff before that, trapped and all that. Oh, the guy from Digital Underground. The, yeah. du- the dude who's down with Digital Underground put out a single. Yeah. That was the most that anyone thought, right. at least in my experience. No, no, it was like, you're right, cool, Pete, cool. You're right. And the crazy thing is my Tupac story starts before I'm in Laws of the Underground. It starts in Raleigh, North Carolina, where Laws of the Underground was discovered by Derek L.A. Jackson, you know, Molly's cousin. And, you know, he Wait, managed- I didn't know that. Well, who's that? Derek L.A. Jackson managed Coolio. He found uh, Scott Storch. He found The Roots. He found Laws of the Underground. He was Marley's cousin? Yeah, Marley's cousin. And he met you down in... He met us at school. In North and Carolina. And I met Pac at school. When doing a show? Was he doing a show? He, he was doing a show. Some promotional tour. Oh, Dancing for, for Digital Underground. Digital Underground. Underground. But I met him through Safir. Safir the rapper? Safir the um, rapper who played Harrow in Minister Society. Society, yeah. He got popped at the light. Yeah. Who's a, who's a dope rapper, too. Dope rapper, man. Shout out to Safir, man. Yeah, shout out to Safir. I haven't talked about Safir in a minute. Yeah. Wait, that's wild. So you met Tupac when he's a dancer. What was that night? That was just a random rant. So I, I, t- I explained it to you. So I'm popular on my campus. At, at let, let me guess. Let me guess. Were y'all already a group? No. Were you already rapping? I've been rapping. So Redman was my DJ at the time. And I just went to school right before the year before I introduced him to every sermon. So Redman's your DJ and you're popular on campus at Shaw University. Did you mm-hmm. open for Digital Underground? No, but I was there. Everybody was telling Digital Underground, we got this rapper here. You need to meet. Same what name? Kind of- just do it all? Do it no. all. I went to the trailer to try to meet Shock G, and who was in the trailer was Safir. 
So I met Safir. Safir took a liking to me. Yo, come back to the hotel. We go back to the hotel. I take my man. I take my man. Back to the hotel. Right. I take my man from Chicago with me. We go back to the hotel. I hear loud banging on the door. And Safir, like, who that? And he's like, it's Pop. He's like, he opened the door. And Pac like, yo, where the bags at? Mm, where the bags, bags at? Where the bags at, man? Who got the bags? Yo, he going through every bag. Now, back then, I think still too now, if you know guns, anybody know guns, the Glock is mostly plastic, except the barrel. So you could break the Glock down, and they used to break the Glock down and put parts of the gun in different bags, and the barrel was lost in somebody's bag. So they were putting together the gun that they bought with them from L.A. Why did he need the gun so I frantically? I don't know. This is too much. Yeah, but by the way, it is 1990. <laughs> it is wild. So many of the stories are around Tupac, and this is sort of part of the conundrum of what makes him so complex. He's this brilliant guy. He'll sit you down and tell you all about what you need to do. Mm-hmm. He's also it seems like always involved in some frantic. So Pac was like shit. this. Though. If he was around gang members, he's going to be the gang leader. If he's around Muslims, he's going to be the imam. If he's around a bunch of Christians, then he's going to be the pastor or the bishop. Right, right. He's, he's just he's always that. Politicians, he's he's 100% head, all the time. Right. All the time. Consistent to be the leader of whoever. But also, around. like, if you come from Black Panthers, guns is regular. You know what I mean? But, right. but that was my first experience of somebody breaking apart a gun and putting it in the luggage of the people who are traveling with you. And he's looking for the battle. Did you end up kicking it with him that night? or you what? just I hung out with him. I took him to parties and everything. Oh, because you, you, you knew the campus and right, they were there and blah, blah, right. blah, right. And that's where I started to realize at that time that Pac, to me, seemed like he was emulating Saphir. Mm. Saphir was the boss that night. Interesting. Yes. He was the fly yeah. Jersey kid down in Raleigh. And, and I would say this, like it was a situation where Pac was dancing with this girl and it was a popular guy who, that was his girl. And he was like, yo, Pac, I know who you are, but chill, you dancing too close. And Saphir- And that was the guy from Next. No, I don't know. What <laughs> I don't. I can't confirm that. Terrible. That was a terrible. Shout out to RL, man. Horrible. kind of close. We're hearing a real yo. See, and this is the problem with him doing comedy for too long, right? That he would do that. No, so so wait. The fear told Pac chill. So Pac flared up on a guy like you know Pac's gonna be Pac, and then the guy was like very popular, and he like bro, I can really set it off in here, and Sophia peeped it on some street stuff. Went to the guy, stood in the guy's face, and basically told him, nah, bro, if you got a problem, you got a problem with me. And then he told Pac, chill. But hey, also take this. Okay. And and he had it. He stopped it. Sophia, man. Sophia stopped all of that. Sophia and, then was got in- in, and then when we got in the car and was like, don't you ever do talking to Pac? Like, don't you ever do that? So Sophia was on some level OG stat? Not OG. Most, most definitely. What if that's what you want to call it? But he was definitely in a role that, that, that Pac respected. He was in wow. Digital Underground? Sophia. No. He, I mean, like a, really, he was traveling with them, but he wasn't really in Digital uh, Underground. He was his own MC at the time. They shit. probably brought him on a road with him. Though. He's from the Bay? Yeah. Redman went to Shaw or no? No. So before I went to school, I introduced, uh, there, I won tickets to EPMD Gold Party. You know, we, me and Redman used to go to Rush Management when it was uh, in the village, mm-hmm. you know, and- uh, Faith and all of them who used to work at the desk back then gave us tickets because we used to come in there so much. They only gave me two tickets. So that was for me and Redman, but I wanted to bring my boy Jamil and Bree with me. 
And Bree is the one who sung the hook chorus on Never Faded on Laws of the Underground. And Jam C is the one who is live from the bricks. He's the rapper on Live from the Bricks. So we needed two extra tickets. So I called WBLS at the time and we won two more tickets. So it was me, Redman, Jam C, and Brita Bega. And I introduced, they were trying to introduce me to Eric as the rapper because I was the rapper. And that's what they did. And then uh, Eric called us after that party and said, we're going to be down in Newark. Come down <laughs> Newark to the Club Sensations. And yeah, I heard this. Club Sensations. And I got something happened where I couldn't go to Club Sensations. So I told Brita Bega, go down there with Red and introduce me. Like, again, tell him I couldn't make it. But and um, and Bree said, yo, I know dude's not here, but it's DJ rap, too. Because Red used to we used to do this set where he DJs and freestyles at the same time. And um, Eric heard him, heard him rhyme and the rest is history. Wow. Did Redman tell us that story? Maybe. I've heard that. Yeah. So you've done Redman forever? 13 years old. Where his mom used to kick him out all the time. 13. I'm Miss Noble. I love you. And Hurricane G? Oh, Hurricane G, no doubt. She used to come over all the time and chill with Roz and, you know, his sister. And Faith used to always be over there all the time, too. Faith Evans? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Faith. Really? Wait, oh, yeah. Faith is not the one that worked at Rush. Not that face. Not that face. That was, oh, talking about faith, the other was that face, faith singing face? And who was right. working at Rush? Faith Newman. Faith Newman. Faith Newman. Faith okay, Newman. when she was st starting out. Yeah, she don't like when I post all of those old pictures. Yeah. <laughs> now she's Faith. Faith Newman's a famous them. executive now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, so where you met? Where did you meet Lord Jazz and Mr. Funky? I met them at, in Raleigh, North Carolina, Shaw University. Lord Jazz was the the best DJ, you know, the top DJ in the Raleigh Durham Triangle area, as mm -hmm. they call it. Uh, that is, uh, Raleigh Durham and Something with a C. Carrie. Yes, right. Carrie, North Carolina. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so Lord Jazz was the man. And Shaw University had a jazz radio station called 88.1 WSHA Jazz Radio. Mm -hmm. And his uh, his teacher, his instructor, used to give him an hour to play hip hop. He was like, when I, when I leave the school, I don't turn on the radio because I'm there all day, so I don't want to hear anything. But make sure you play jazz. So, of course, Lord Jazz didn't listen. During that mm -hmm. hour since he heard him say, I don't listen to the radio, he played hip-hop mm. for that hour. And it started to get very popular in the in the Raleigh um, Triangle area. And he asked myself and Mr. Funky to come up and freestyle one day. And we came up and freestyling in the whole Triangle area, all of the schools in the area. So I was like, whoever you had up there before, tell them to come back again next week and freestyle. So he was like, yo, they want y'all to come back. Wow. He's like, but write a rhyme together when you come back. So the first rhyme that we were, wrote together was Psycho Versus to um, uh, Black Sheep. But it was the Psycho Versus. Psycho Versus. My mother has the, the actual demo tape of us rhyming to Black Sheep with the Psycho Versus. Wow. She won't let you get it? And she won't let me get it. <laughs> it's in her garage. She won't let me get it. And those are the verses that got our deal with Molly Maul. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, Psycho never gets talked about. That was one Psycho, of my favorite yeah, yeah. songs. That used to be on Video Music Box every Man, day, Psycho bro. Psycho said it all for Lord Psycho. of the Underground. They, I don't, I don't hear, people don't, people talk about Chief Rocker. They think Chief Rocker was first. No. Psycho's Psycho. on, is it on the album? Yeah. I'm playing. It's on the album. Put okay. on your headphones, Seth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even Rizzo walked up to us, said that. Man, this is it. Well, Psycho is it. one, two. Membrane. So, wait, so, do, so Mr. Funky and Lord Jazz are from North Carolina? No. Oh. Mr. Funky is from probably one of the worst blocks in Newark, New Jersey. Okay, he's from New York. High Street, Martin Luther King Boulevard. Lord Jazz is from Cleveland, Ohio. Y'all went down, you and Mr. Funky went down there together? Yeah. We were in a program 
a special program mm-hmm. where we got into trouble. And this was a second chance program. And Funky and I was on the same bus together on the same second chance program. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did y'all in one of the videos, the Lord Jazz hit me one time, make it funky, which was what? Here come the Lords, half here come the Lords, yeah, half Lord Jazz. In that video, aren't y'all wearing, is Shaw part of the African-American College Alliance? Yeah, at the time. Were y'all wearing, do y'all wear the sweatshirts in the video or something? I thought you made some homage to like, I knew y'all were college kids. You knew they were black? So, I knew uh, they were black and I knew they were college kids too. Though. Like there was a college feel no maybe doubt. to the video, right? We started to film that video in Atlanta. We started in Atlanta uh, to shoot the beginning. The beginning part of that video was at Clark University. Mm. And Clark, you know, we didn't have permits. And we were on tour. So we were on tour buses. And, and we pulled up and made this big spectacle with Clark. And they was like, oh, we love it. But you don't have permits. So they was like, no, you got to go through the city. We can't be like, we don't have that long. So the director said, we're on the tour buses. It only take a few hours. Let's go to their school. Let's go to Raleigh. So we, we packed it up, went to Raleigh, and I'm an alpha. Shout out to all my alpha, Phi Alpha. Oh, 1906. 1906. 1-9-06. You know, all my frat brothers. And um, so we put them in a video. We put the Q-Dogs in a video. And we also put um, the Masons in the video. No Kappas, though. No Kappas. No Kappas. And Derek L.A. Jackson, <laughs> who, our man- who was our manager at the time, was a Kappa. I want to go through the album a little bit. Yes, yes. So you, you guys signed with uh, Marley. Yeah, shout out to Marley Ma, man. Happy Hip Hop 50 to, to all of y'all, too. So what label What label again? I can't picture We the came in East on the Wea system with, we, with uh, Pendulum. This Pendulum. was a new deal for Marley. Mm-hmm. But also, this is also, um, no, I'm thinking of the other group. What was the other group he had with the? Um, with Diggable Planets? No, he had Diggable Planets? No. No, that was, that was Pendulum. No, Marley had another group. Oh, from Queens. You talking about... Um, was it KD? What was that? Oh, K-Def and um, Larry K-Def and Larry Yeah, yeah. Real, live. Real Live. Real Live. Yeah, shout out, to, shout out to K-Def because K-Def is... So Derek Jackson bought in K-Def because... That's Derek L.A. Jackson, do you admit? Derek, that's right, Derek L.A. Jackson. Thank you. He bought in... Um, he used to talk to this girl that lived in Jersey... And even though Molly was did. his cousin, right? And, and, and Molly was was a Queens guy, yeah. you know, he loved the stuff that we was doing, but he said, to make it authentic, we have to bring in a, uh, a Jersey producer. Awesome. So he went and got K-Def that makes sense. from Passaic. And, and K-Def was just a beat maker who came in and made uh, Chief Rocker. Funky child, yeah. Here come Whoa, boys. he did. He yeah. did all of those. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I remember I that, that was part I, of it. Yeah. Now I have to say that that Marley, nobody mixes better than Marley to me. You know what I mean? Especially back then. You know, yeah. he, him and him and uh, Teddy Riley was one of the only two to have all the mixes. You know, the, the boards in a mm, crib, in the crib like, in a basement. Yeah, you know? it's the house of hits to you and me. Yeah, that's right. And, um, and me too. Right, and me. <laughs> and um, so K Def, he brought in K Def, and uh, you know. Man, he, he turned so K-Def made those beats, but then Marley yeah. mixed it, enhanced Marley. it, made it sound. And, and, and if for some yeah, reason, yeah. I, I have to imagine there are people out there who listen to One Up and still don't know Real Live. This was their main record. Oh man, shout out to Real Live, K-Def, Larry Yo, for real. Man. If you've never, if you've never heard uh, Real Live, it was a, it was a quick moment in time. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I leave my foes like hell on in your nose. <laughs> wow, I remember this. Yes, this was so hard. I'm even fools like heroin in your nose. 
Who's doing those cuts? Okay, that's it. Froze like hell on in your uh. Underestimate the real life. The gun slinging fat man. A sick fat man. I let blood stay in every spot that I rock. What a fun fucking time in rap. So many oh, different man, people would man. come out, have their little moment. And they had their moments, yeah. Um, hey, I was playing the other day. I was by. Um, my wife lives in Queens. We were going to her parents' house in Brooklyn and we were right by King's Plaza. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know what my favorite line referencing King's Plaza Mall is? And I pulled up, uh, I wanted to play her The King and I. Mm-hmm. And they're not on, their album Contemporary Jeep Music is not on streaming ah. services for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Sife's looking at me crazy because that's the kind of thing that I bet Sife never listened to. That I it, listened to it. You listen I, to went, I went to Majesty's house with DJ Riz. Wow. You, uh, could, you could see how I would think that you Because I'm named Drop-Off. Yeah, Mr. Jesus name Christ. Drop off. <laughs> Majesty. <laughs> Yo, so it's not um, on there, but I listened to Tears. I was no, like, you gotta hear so, Tears. There's so much shit from back then that was like yeah. slight, I mean, kind of indie, but maybe through a major distributor. Like, it's not, it's just gone. Yeah. And many of them, if it were, and again, back to my thing, and I'm not trying to be Mr. Pro Streaming, but another thing of like groups who were in the streaming era would have gotten to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. But instead the King and I dropped an album that to me, I fucking loved it's beginning good. to end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, what did they probably sold 75,000 copies? Yeah, and it's just, now that, by the way, that would get you number oh, three on the you, billboard yeah. charts this week. This week. <laughs> but, right. um, and honestly, we'll get to that about Lords of the Underground too, mm-hmm. because you guys are a group that in my opinion, I think of as like being kind of wildly successful mm-hmm. and also at times forgotten simultaneously. Simultaneously. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. So, so I didn't realize, uh, honestly, that K-Def did all the sing- like the big joints. Yeah, K-Def did, did, did a lot, man. And thanks to Derek for introducing the to us. Um, Derek L.A. Jackson. Yeah, Derek L.A. Jackson. And when he bought, when he bought uh, K-Def in, you know, K-Def, would skip, he skipped over Chief Rocker. He skipped over Funky Child. And we're like, bro, rewind that. Nah. Like, nah, you might not like those. Crazy. I'm like, what? Rewind yeah. that, man. Yo, this is always like that. The producer here is like some other shit. Here's why. Here, here's the first example of why, for some reason, you never, because I'm guessing we have listeners in, on the West Coast, mm-hmm. and we have listeners in Europe who may have like, just not listen to the album. Like they saw the video on TV, like we do with many things. And they're like, I don't listen to the Lord's Underground album. That's a good song. Mm-hmm. Yo, if y'all don't know that the album starts like this, this is out of the gate. That's how a show starts too. Oh, every time? Every time. What? Who did yeah. this, Molly? K-Def. K-Def did this too. Hey, yo, Funky, wake up. Turn the radio up. What's up? It's up. Yeah, listen to the gut. It's that style. I'm style. Your style. Hey, yo, nigga, wake up. Let me show you something. Little Jim Carrey reference? Yeah. It's driving me crazy. This got us in a beef with Dallas Effects, too. Which part? Yeah, but yeah, I, feel like, I feel like everybody has a story about <laughs> They were talking shit about Dallas Effects. Right. Wait, what did you guys say there that was problematic? It wasn't what we said, it was just this part. Same one. People sound like us. They say, they say that we got similarities through the whole rhyme. Same one, same one. Concepts hold nine. Oh. Crazy similarities through the whole rhyme. And in the video, we did like this. And you know, Das used to do mm-hmm. like this all the time in their video. And people out there, I'm, 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 Pulling, at, like, I'm telling you to come here. Or, like, right, know. come towards. Yeah. So, so wait, people thought off of Chief Raka? What started this beef was the director of Psycho. He made the Psycho video. Alfred Hitchcock? No, uh, Daniel... Oh, Daniel. you're talking about your psycho. Yeah, okay, I'm psycho. sorry. I'm you sorry. know what, Sife? That's the cop. Sife, just when I think you can't make a joke that's any dumber, you make one like that 
and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> that was the joke I was waiting for. <laughs> so I forgot his last name. Oh, the psycho video. Right. So if yeah, you look at yes. um, coming live from the sewer. So if you look at Psycho, the same director directed both oh, videos. I can see that. Got it. Okay. So okay. now he gets laws of the underground. I'm going to do similar what I did to Das. Right. It's all right. underground sewers. We're 18, 19 years old. We just want to make a video. Yeah. We right. don't know who, what. We just want our record played. And he does that. So now they go, they're biting off our video. Right, no, right. the same director did it. We don't, we don't, we don't yeah, even yeah. see a video yet. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And then now the magazines, which takes three months to come out before, now they're, you know, perpetrating like, oh, these guys are beefing. We didn't even know. And, you know, they would have a lot of cats from Brooklyn with them. We would have Zoo Crew with us from Jersey, you know. And so every time we would see each other, the media would just profess that we have a problem with each other. So I guess, and here come the laws, we kind of been into it a little mm-hmm. bit that said that, you know, everybody is saying that it sounds similar. Mm-hmm. Same rhyme, same, same line. You Yo, know? fucking Keith mm-hmm. Murray, Tad mm-hmm. Doss Effects shit. Yeah. Um, oh no! Shout no, out no, to no. Murray. No, no. Mob Deep had Keith Murray shit. Mm-hmm. Someone else had Das Effect shit though. Um, I just talked about this. Remember, Sife? Mm-hmm. I told you I just interviewed someone, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we had the problems with Das Effects." And I'm like, everyone seemed to have a little. It's just, it's just weird. I don't know what. Yeah. Like maybe people. I feel like there was also some sort of resentment about their style, like that people thought it was corny. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that it worked well. It worked very well. And it's like it also really I was. It was gimmicky. And, and I, it was gimmicky, but it was it theirs. Was, it was, but but I, I, I'm saying that's what they. I loved it. Yeah, it worked. It, it was theirs. I loved it as well. I just didn't understand how they were saying Lords of the Underground sound like them when we never diggity diggity. No, nothing. Nothing. Not, there's not there's, one thing. There's way more rappers who actually said diggity. Yes, but you put us with yeah. them. But that was only because us two of guys. The visual. It's two guys and two guys. That's why. And I was, I was like, looked yeah. like we was coming from underground. Yeah. And, and you're literally lords of the underground. They're from the sewer. Yeah. So that's what they did. Though. Oh, true. True. Yeah. So this. So again, it's 1971. That's a long time. Now comes the first of the children of <laughs> long time. time. She now likes the Lords. But she used to dig the spinners. Wow, that's a big. So this is an older demo you were going for uh, at that point. Cougar. She was yeah, you were, you were chasing Cougar. I hated hip hop when I first got on, but she's the one who actually gave me the money to do my first demo tape. So I tell people like she's the woman who made me believe in unconditional love because any time that you can support something that you hate you because hate, yeah. you love the person that loves it. That's unconditional yeah. love. Hold on. So you say that's about your mom? That's that part? about my mom right Let me here. hear what you say. Yeah. <laughs> Sife and I are just fans not understanding the words for 20, 30 yeah. years. Oh, <laughs> right. The birth, birth makes sense. Your mom's Brenda? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Sife. Yeah. We're figuring it out. Fuck, that's what we do. On that. on that, we figure shit out very much later down the line. This is, is, this is your, this is the biggest one? Nah, actually, so funny story. We have three big records, right? Funky Chow, Chief Rock, and Here Come the Lords. When Funky Chow, we were in Roscoe Chicken and Waffles in, in L.A. Rest in peace to uh, to the homie um, PMB Rock. Yeah. Because we were in that same restaurant. And, um, you know, back then we had reps from 
Electra and all the record companies. And the rep from Electra walked in there and said to us, he said, I want to apologize to y'all. And we like, we had our manager with us and we tan chicken waffles up. We like, what are you talking about? He was like, Funky Child is number one, number one hip hop record in Billboard wow. right now. And I was like, well, why are you apologizing? He said, because we didn't believe in the record. They didn't even work it. They didn't work it. And it went number it one. It just went no, yeah. That's DJs how, just started fucking. How could you not DJ. believe in that and record? To, and, and to Charles, um, uh, what's my man? Charles from BLS. He's DJ. Sir Charles. Sir Charles. Sir Charles. Yeah. Sir yeah. Charles. Shout out to Sir Charles because Sir Charles believed in us from the gate. He used to always push it to college radio, push it to the, and that's what got that record pumping thanks to Sir Charles because he was that Tommy. Oh, I can oh, record. hear that record. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's a weird record though. So then, then, then. We looked a, at him like, what are you talking about? Like, to tell an artist that you didn't believe it, and he said, I promise you the next record we got y'all. And that next record was Chief Rocker. Chief Rocker went top 40 you know, big record. Mm-hmm. And that was our next biggest record. But now, since after that, even though it, I think it wasn't my favorite, but it was bigger than all of our records, people don't realize, was Here Come the Lords. Because now they're behind us. Now you got this top 40 right. record. We got this record we didn't support. Let's pour everything in the Jeep. Right, right, right. Here Come the Lords now. When they should have poured it in the Funky Child. Yeah. Right. Then we probably would have been 5 million right. instead of just a platinum group. You yeah, know what I mean? They waited for the next one. You should have just been, kept supporting that one. Yeah, we would have been Outcast. Wow. And, and I say that it, it with all due respect because Outcast used to open up for us. I have pictures that you see me from the 90s and people go, oh, you was you was biting off of three stacks, huh? And I was like, no, actually, this is before three stacks. They were opening up for us. Right, and they was opening up for us. If you wow. look at my pictures and then you look at three stacks. and, and Well, like your style or something? My style. Really? And, and I will say this. And shout out to Three Stacks because Stacks came up to me at L.A. at their, I don't know if it was a diamond party or something for Outkast. And he put his arm around me and he said, thank you. And I'm like, what's up? He was like, your style, when you wore that diaper and funky child, it made me realize I could do anything. Wow. Wow. And if you look at him and look at me, if you look at my pictures, I see people that see my pictures from the 90s and go like, oh, you was on some three-stack stuff. And I'm like, uh, they weren't out yet. Right, this is before that. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. So he was emulating me. And and with my braids and how I used to wear my, my bandana, you know, I had Jewels coming to me and be like, yo, I wear my bandana the way I wear wow. it. Wow. All right, so let me ask you a question then. Mm-hmm. Who were you emulating? I was emulating uh, my man from uh, Parliament Funkadelic who wore the diaper. That's exactly who I was emulating. You know, George Clinton is from Newark, New Jersey. Facts. You know, so when everybody thinks that he's from the West Coast, that's a Newark sound at the West Coast. That's a fact. Mm. Milk Bar. I still speak to Uncle George to this day. And we did a record with him called Keepers of the Funk in Detroit. And they were sniffing a lot of nose boogies. I bet they were. (laughs) I bet they were. Um, This this album was platinum, though, huh? Mm -hmm. I mean, I love this joint, too. Like I said, half of... uh, I used to love the old video switching in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And I always also loved the DJ record. I'm a sucker for a DJ record. Love yeah, the DJ record. Shout out to Lord Jazz, man, and Mr. Funky. We had to put Lord Jazz on this, and I, I had to write him a rhyme. I had to, I had to hear Jazz rhyme in this. Yo, 
Yo, how dare you, Sife? What's that? How dare you ask where fucking Lord Jazz was from? Cleveland. I didn't know. He says blatantly, I bet they're not believing that you come from Cleveland. I, I remember now, but I, I forgot. <sighs> they thought he came from Illtown because he, when he moved from Cleveland, he moved to Illtown, man. So, you know, and shout out to Crazy Bone, man. You know, get well soon. Shout out to his family and all that, man. Oh, you're speaking of Cleveland. Absolutely. Yeah. Why is it Illtown? Illtown because it's where double I mean, um, out in Inglewood, uh, California, and in East Orange, New Jersey, and they just called it. We always call East Orange, New Jersey, Ill Town, so they call it Double I, and you know the Ill Town Trigger Tretch. You know, wait, what does that have to do with Inglewood in California? So Ill Town and Inglewood, that's where Double I comes from. It's Ill Town and Inglewood. They put it together. You know, everybody thought that Tretch was from you know from the West Coast because of how he dressed. Tretch didn't dress like a, a typical Jersey guy. He dressed like he was from the West Coast. Ooh. Oh, that is true. He had like the the, yeah. the bandana Bandanas, and all that the the you know the Carhartt. But what was the Inglewood connection? You know, just the blood type of thing. You know what I mean? A lot of people Ooh. from Inglewood actually moved to Illtown. Got it with Tretch, and they still live there to this day. Ooh. Shout out to my Illtown Inglewood homies. So. so what you were y'all cool with Naughty? Most definitely. But but initially, um Red Man wanted to rob KG. Oh yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> and it got back to it got back to Tretch or Tiny T as they used to call him. And one thing I can say about Tretch, he he always protected his, you know, yeah, but always be the one to fight. So I'm riding through the neighborhood, Ill Town, 118th Street, because he said they had a hundred dudes with him, but it was only really 18th Street. And I'm riding through, and he stops my car in the middle of the block. And he says, yo, what's up? Where your homie at? And I'm like, what? What you talking about? Yeah, what's, what's up with your man? I heard, I'm here talking a lot of stuff. Because they knew Red was my guy. So they stopped me, and he's like, look, go get him and come back. <laughs> and I was like, so now if I don't come back, I look like a sucker. So now I'm going to come back. And I come back with, with Doc. And that's how we all became cool. After I brought him back, we kicked it in. You know, it was a lot. Also, real quick, I just want to say, I've seen KG get down. He's also not one to fuck with, yo. No, he's KG not. Was not. KG was not. He's so such a cool dude. KG I see and him Pookie, go, his boop, brother Pookie is oh, very nice no, with No, Pookie's the opposite of nice. Pookie's yes. the street guy. Yes. But K, I've seen KG fight, and I was like, oh, shit. No, KG gets busy. <laughs> it didn't remind you of the keys on I Miss You by Biggie? It was a different vibe that he gave you when he was throwing. It's a different but vibe. KG was always the... He was always the one with the gold chains, the cars. Yeah. He had yeah, the he really did. Top. He yeah. did. He was the fly guy. Yeah, he was. So people wanted to test him. And Red was one of those guys. Like, man, when I see him, I want to rob. You know, just being young and trash heard. Like, what? You want to what? I saw Vin, by the way. I, I want to get uh, Vinny on the podcast soon. I saw Vin Rock yeah, last shout week. Shout out to Vin, man. That's my brother. Right I saw there. Vin at the airport recently in Miami. Yeah. It was great. We had a conversation. I was asking about, like, how, like, how things how's hip hop 50 been well, they haven't done that much they haven't done shows together recently mm -hmm. and I was kind of like oh you know and he, he was just like we started talking about the business and he was just like we're good like we, we're good the deals yeah. that we signed and the way we handled our money yeah, really we're not good. like Naughty's not one of those yeah like they got theirs no they really and I was like that is fucking cool man not to speak about their business but when you talk about real estate from hip hop they, he told the story that night 20 years ago yeah like Straight like him and KG have been like Naughty has been owning real estate on the West Coast and yes. the East Coast for over twenty years. So we were, we were I saw him out this panel thing about 
Jews and blacks and hip hop, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Oh God. So his story that he told, like his way of kind of, we didn't talk about like divide really, or like, you know, we, as I said in the monologue at the beginning, cause I'm always down to say some uncomfortable shit. <laughs> right. We're not going to sit here and talk about bullshit. Kanye said on drink champs. Like we're here to have positive right. conversation. Right. And the story that, that Vin told was basically about their business manager early on who took their OPP early money early. and explained to them about investments and they did it. And to this day wow. are living basically off the properties they bought. Wow. That's great. Prior to 1993. Yes. Like you talking about early nineties, not even late nineties or two thousands. Nah, this early is going 90s. all the way back. No, they, they still got it. They still got it. Wait, I have I to leave. You. Yeah, we're going to continue. Uh, yeah. yeah, please continue. Yeah. But, but I just want to jump ahead a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just into this whole political shit. Right. Uh, sorry. I don't mean to say it like that. <laughs> like, where did I see you like, oh, yeah, okay, the Soul Diggers, K-Mac uh-huh. and them. Yeah, shout out to K-Mac. That's K-Mac brother. and then your, his boy is also your boy that, yep. who, who am I thinking of? What's his name? You talking about um, Sev? Exactly. I'm rocking Sev right now. Se- exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Sev right now. So he always used to be like in the studio with us and he'd be like, nah, do it all is doing this for Newark, doing this for Newark. Mm-hmm. And, and then they were like, oh, he's running for office. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. How? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then and then you did it. Newark is its own world, and mm-hmm. the streets and the politics always run mm-hmm. side by side because it's like know. those are the two power players in the city That's and in the, and and Jersey. And it's so amazing how you took you know like it's really really makes me proud that a, a hip hop artist, not somebody that oh I used to rap in college, like a hip hop artist, right. successful. Mm-hmm. Went into that world, and I think it's going to open the doors for a lot of other people to go that it way. Is, because though. what is this? Influence. Look at Quavo right now. Yeah, I see it. Killer Mike has been doing it. Oh, you Killer know what I mean? Wait, but what's Quavo doing? Quavo is He's now been building on gun reform. reform. Oh, because, well, yeah, yeah look what happened. Like, yeah. uh, it takes a spark to, you know. Right. And, and I just, like, me and Lord Finesse be hanging out a lot now. You know what I mean? And um, It's a Lord thing. Yeah, it's a Lord yeah, thing. Lord thing. Like, yeah, like, like, sure. That's my brother, man. I can never yeah. figure out how to spell his name. <laughs> it's the F-I... I get what you're saying. Sorry. <laughs> Double S. <laughs> right. And um, he was saying the same thing. He said that initially... The hip hop industry wasn't sure if I was going to pull a mace on them. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they weren't sure if I was serious, right? And then when they saw it was by, by pull a mace, do you mean become a pastor and then eventually do a sports show where you just pause people? Shots to Mason. Yeah, pause. Shout out But but just saying that the pause game is yeah, crazy. It's crazy, right? Those guys. They didn't know if I was serious with the politics. If I was doing it because the records weren't selling or mm, yeah, wasn't no, as popular as hip hop. Well, yeah, and and so, we're, and we're, I can see the authenticity. Authenticity. And also because I had a weird connection with your people that I would always right. hear about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just just like, oh my God, when you said Killer Mike, there was a clip that went on TikTok. I saw, it had to be a couple of years ago, where he met Farrakhan. Farrakhan. You saw that? He started crying. He was crying. Like, yeah. I would do the same thing if yeah, I met yeah. Farrakhan. Yeah, I would too. Bro, I used to work in KB Toys mm-hmm. in a mall in Long Island. You guys got to laugh at that joke or I get canceled. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fuck. I put myself out there and he just blows Sorry. right by Sorry. it. I got it. I got it. All right, continue. So I used to work in this toy store. Remember they used to play Farrakhan on BLS on Sundays? Yes. So I had a like a 
like a Barbie radio or something, and I'd be cleaning up the store, listening to Farrakhan, and my very white boss would be like, will you turn that shit off? I'm like, when the store opens, I'll turn it off. Right. But anyway, so I'm really proud of what you're doing. Appreciate and it. And if I can help in any way now that I, you know, I'm a broadcaster. That's right. You're a journalist. Oh, I'm, not, oh, I'm definitely not a journalist. That's too far. I went too far. Barely broadcaster. And, and just so you know, I respect what you do, but also I'm keeping an eye on you. Right. Because I see the way you keep using our first names every time you speak to us. And that's a real politician move. <laughs> he's been, you know, he's getting into your head every time he goes, right, Pete? Right, no, Pete? he's called yeah. me Rosenberg, too, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think he said both. No, no, he's, he's slick. No, no, he's, he's a slick politician. You ever seen him with his, with his, with his suit vest? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've seen the suit vest. You've seen the suit vest in the office? Shout out to Michael Bivens for the suit vest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The man invented the suit vest. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but but keep talking hip hop. Yeah, thank well, you so man. much for doing this. You go you, perform brother. in front of twenty three white people downtown. <laughs> straight white males coming back, baby. Hey, straight white males. Like to tell my agents that. <laughs> All right, bye, bye, guys. Later, safe. The room's about to quiet down, guys. Let's get very <laughs> low key. All right, so as we continue on with uh, do it all. Yes, sir. You know my. Um, let's stay on here. Come the lords here for a second. Mm-hmm. So my, my, I don't know why, actually I do know why, but as a kid, my favorite record, like my joint off the album, like not the singles, my joint was this. It was, it was like the perfectly, it had that underground hip hop horn. Yeah. I guess give me Pete vibes in some way. That's right. And, and what people don't realize too, we used to hang with, um, with the youngsters a lot. So the youngsters, of course you did, yeah. So the youngsters actually are are doing the backgrounds with us. Keep it underground. Really? Keep, keep it underground. Jersey yeah. also. Yeah. No, no, they no, Philly. Philly. They Philly. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. It's so close. <laughs> and and, and, and Pete, it, it's funny that you say that same thing with Philly because when I first met Beans in Philly, I mean, I walked into uh, you know Black Hand used to manage them. My man Craig King, who's produced for uh, Kanye, a bunch of people, Leah. Uh, we go to meet Black Hand for some reason in Philly. We walk into this real sketchy house, real sketchy block. We go in. The dude at the door definitely had it on him. You know what I mean? That one of those situations. Yeah. yeah. We go in. It's, it's like a house with the old grandma dining room table. And standing in the corner is this guy who's looking like he's protecting everything. And it just happens to be Beanie Siegel. Wow. And Beanie Siegel walked, not not really popular yet, walks up to me and says, while he's securing the place, and says, sleep for dinner's my shit. And then he fades back into the corner again. And then... Um, Let's hear sleep for dinner for a second. Hold Pete, on. Sleep for dinner. Yeah. Beanie Siegel fades the racket off of there. Who did this one? Molly. Molly.
such a vibe, bro. Yeah, yeah. And then Petey Crack once said to me, man, I'm talking about the Philly and Jersey connect. He was like, yo, man, I loved y'all. And he said, you know, my style is is part of Lords of the Underground. I'm like, Petey Crack. So when I hear Petey Crack and Memphis Bleak, I feel like we're the uncles and grandfathers of, of, of hip hop because I heard Memphis Bleak say that he got his style from Petey Crack. And Petey Crack went on record to say his style was influenced by Lords of the Underground. So if Memph Bleak is influenced by Petey Crack, then ultimately they all influenced by Lords of the Underground. And do you feel that you guys have gotten your due? No. I can't imagine you do. No, we don't. And I'll tell you why, too. Like, And this has just happened. So we get a call maybe about two days ago um, that they want us to perform at the, the BET 2023 Awards. And something happens where I get a call from my publisher and says, hey, we're getting a check from the BET 2023 Awards. I'm like, oh, great, because they just called us. They, so we're going to perform on it. And then a production team calls and says, we're going in another direction. We're not going to use, we're going to use your music, but we're not going to use you to perform. So it's things like that that has happened to Lords of the Underground over and over. At one point, though, Rosenberg is like, I feel like we're this successful group that doesn't get recognized for some reason. I don't know what it is. I don't know if somebody had, if, if Funk was banging somebody a girl or I don't know what it is. Were you guys, were you guys like, is there anything you can see that could have been your fault? I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure. And I, I don't, I don't mean in a business. I don't mean like making business mistakes. We all do uh, that. But yeah. like, were you guys assholes difficult in any time? Man, it's three of us. So I can only uh, attest for, for me. You know, um, I try not to be. I still have relationships and rapport with people who, you know, who are legends in the games. I'm still included in a lot of things. I can't speak that for my partners as well. I don't know what they do when they're on their own time, you know, so. Um, but do you, what do you think is the most likely reason? I don't know, because then I have to speak for the whole Jersey. In, in the 90s, I believe that Jersey ran hip hop. And, and it's an arguable, you know. It's I mean? listen. I think ran you'd run up into trouble. But I appreciate no, no, I, I get, from a I sports talk saying. radio host. I appreciate right. the hot take but, of it. But, but it's a hell of saying. a run. It's a hell of but a hear, run. But hear what I'm saying. Like we had a lot to a do lot. with a lot. A lot to do with Even a if, lot. If ran is is too far fetched, but of a still, word. it's Latifah. It's Latifah, naughty. It's Red Man. It's y'all. Fuji's. Every one of them. It's Red Man. It's Lords of the Underground. It's Apache. It's Apache. It's Lock Camp. I mean, it's it goes on and on and on. I'm talking about the outsiders. Outside. Yep. Wise, intelligent. Uh, it's a lot of people, wise. bro. It just goes on, and I'm talking about platinum selling artists, right? So when you speak of the '90s and we're barely mentioned. And they might, then they go, oh, oh yeah, Red Man. Or they go, oh, oh yeah, Latifah. It's like, wow. You know what? I, I really, this resonates with me. I really feel you guys. Cause like your contributions were 100% there. Mm -hmm. And like, I could go through a lot of underground groups who I, I liked. And you but, be on it too. So I Well, know. thank you. With this stuff, I Real do. Talk. With this stuff, I'm, 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 I'm on it in this area. And when I would get to their album, you know, like if, 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 this I say this with all due respect. If I were to get to original flavors mm -hmm. albums, we'd have a song and then the conversation moves on. Mm -hmm. I love hard to obtain. We'd play one song, we move on. It's a rarefied air when you get to the next level of have an album or two, and then on that album, 
Mm-hmm. Not only are there multiple good songs, you know, there are multiple well-known songs well known. on that album, multiple singles that made an impact videos that people saw mm-hmm. that starts to get you into a category of bigger artists who are way more remembered That's right. like a naughty by nature. Now, granted, they're a tough example. They had literally two yeah. of the biggest hits in hip hop history. history. But my point is like you start to get to this next level up that for some reason, you know, listen, I always like to look back at what did we do wrong? Mm-hmm. I'll start with what you guys did wrong. Right. Um, I hate flow on. You hate flow on? I don't like flow on. Yo, that's the you the first person I ever heard that. I don't. I, the the P-Rock remi- version? The P-Rock version's cool. I liked it. Hate is strong. I'm trying to get a reaction out of you. I It didn't give me what I, the level of excitement that I had off of the first album no, no, was no, not no. met by the start of the rollout of yo, the second the first, album. Yo, Pete, it's a, you're the first person. I, I respect it, but you're the first. I'm just trying to think, because like, how, I mean, did it do well? Am I, did I, did I miss the? Yeah, it did good. It did good. Let's hold on. Me, let's take a look. Let's take a look. You know, it did good. Looking back on it, maybe maybe TikTok is it doesn't push you guys to the next level. I, I, maybe it feels like a continuation, a continuation. but not a growth. I, I go with that, and, and I'm gonna agree with you because we made this second album, and no excuses, but we made this second album while on tour. Of course, remember we had about six singles off of the first album and videos. Check it, Check Psycho, it, Psycho, Chief, Chief Rocker. Rocker, but. We had all of these records and we did our second album while being on the road and Ruben Rodriguez was like, come home. Come on. We need to finish. We need to finish. And we like, but we making all of this money. At one point, we making $80,000 a night. Wow. And who were you out with on most of the touring of the first album? Man, we were out with people who were not hip hop artists. Really? Yes. Y'all made it to that point where you were out there yes. throwing you out with, like, like, like who? Um, uh, what's, the, what's the jazz... Um, uh, white boy jazz player that plays the uh, the guitar. Uh, oh man, I'm tripping. We'll figure it out. It's gonna come to me. Kyrie can figure but, it out. But we were confident. We were out with Cypress Hill. Okay. You know, and they were rap, but they were reaching other crowds. They were straight rock rap stars. Yeah. So we're we're out with all of these guys. Oh, because they're already on Black Sunday shit by then. Right. So we're out with all of these other stars who are not considered underground rap. And we were considered underground rap. So now we're making underground rap mad at us because we said we're not going to go pop. You, you, know? you blatantly said that. I don't want to yes. go pop. I don't want to go pop. But even though in the music, we didn't feel like we went pop, but still on the status of performances, we getting $80,000 a night back then. And we're on stages with groups that are not MOP, that are not DOS effects, that are not our equivalents. You know what I'm saying? We're on stage with multi-million dollar jazz artists. And if it was rap, it was people like uh, Luke and, and um, Cypress Hill. And we weren't doing those type of, we were doing like pop rap. So then you come back and, and you, you've been working on these songs on the road. Who produced TikTok? Molly. Molly produced TikTok. Mm-hmm. And did it feel like momentum wise, like it was still going or did it feel like it was slowing? 
it felt like it was still going because of the, the stages that we were on. You know, when those bright lights are in front of you and the check is there, it feels like it's still going. And a lot of times, even when you're having success. So when Chief Rocker is banging in the, in the, in the city, we're on a roll working. We think you're just playing that record because we coming to do a Rosenberg interview at the station. Right. We're not there in the city. We're moving so fast. We're not in the city to see it play every hour on the hour or being in the mix. We just know it was added in the city. So we're thinking that it's still going. It's not until Faith came out, which we got a, a BET single award for it, that we realized that it wasn't moving in the underground as we thought it was mm. moving. Let's hear the song that I made too strong a statement on a flow on, <laughs> which I haven't heard for a long time. What's funny about the song? stated it i like it mm-hmm. i don't love the hook mm-hmm. i don't like it doesn't it doesn't i just heard to listen to another song this week from that era that i felt the same way about right. i was like it Shout just out to taj mahal too from the youngster because he was on that's that him too. on the hook yeah. mm-hmm. um and you know what the beat is when you really think about it mm-hmm. the beat is sort of i don't want to say a lazier version mm-hmm. but very similar but not quite as dope to me as this tell me if you hear it the way the the doom yeah. doom yeah. doom I'm with you. I'm with you. Check it out. 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 Definitely. Yep. And Pete did it. And Pete did it. Yep. This is just fuller to me. I'm not that this was a hit either. This was a B side, but I'm just trying to like figure out what could have happened. But none of it explains why you'd be left out of the story now. Because like to me. And it's funny that you bring up the BET, uh, BET Awards because I literally just saw last week they have a, a category called like hip hop platform. Mm-hmm. You know, these motherfuckers came up with everything they could nominate to not mention any of the things that I'm a part of. Yo, e- Ebra, Laura, and I, no mention. They just have random hip hop sites. It'll just be like all hip hop, mm-hmm. like, you know, Joe Budden, Breakfast Club, all the general stuff. You know, every other podcast that came after one app. So I understand, like, there are these random. should be mentioned, man. I'm proud of, especially on the morning show. Like, this I know we do, but it's very niche. Mm -hmm. The hip-hop shit that we do on the morning show is for a broad audience, and it's so hip-hop. Like, with all due respect to the other people who do shows on radio, it's not even the same category. Like, they're not even close to as hip-hop as we are content-wise. Nah. Not even close. I, I'm not saying anything about the level of entertainment, what you choose to enjoy, but I'm just saying, like, the sheer level of rap conversations that we have. Come on, you, Ebro. Matt, come on, man, y'all. I don't know, man. There's sometimes things that, for some reason, even though they resonated at the time and there are so many people who fuck with it, for some reason... Because it doesn't make sense that you guys wouldn't end up in those conversations. Yeah, I, I, I mean, for a long time, we so 
more records than our counterparts and they're mentioned. And we go, well, why didn't they mention us? Like we were that in the nineties. We were Migos in the nineties. Did y'all get your share of hip hop 50 bookings? I will say that, that I have, like I've performed my verses at these hip hop events without my partners. So it wasn't like, was the, so the whole group wasn't invited. They would be like, Hey, you want to come out and pop out? If I did 20 things, my group with me did 10 or eight. Got it. And those other ones are those official gigs or like, you'll come out and do your thing, but like they just Radio book you. city and Oh, like Cassidy's thing. Cassidy, Atlantic city. Uh, you know, I just did, um, where's Pete from uh, Mount, uh, Mount, Vernon? Mount Vernon, you know, hip hop festival, just me, you know, so I've done pretty much. And that's just because our thing is, even if the other cats can't make it, if the other group members can't make it, you know, it's about continuing to, to get our legacy, keep our legacy alive as laws of the underground, you know. I should add, you guys are not the only group that doesn't yeah. get yours. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I don't think you mentioned them earlier. I don't think Diggables gets theirs. No, they on the road now, too, man. Yeah, they're, they're back out. I saw yeah, shout out to them. too. But considering the popularity of the albums Grammys and, yeah. and, and the quality, the quality like, yeah. um, you know, my girl's younger than me. The other day I played where I'm from. She was like, what is this? I was and, like, you know, it's funny because it's shout out to Ish, Knowledge and Mecca. But people don't realize that Ish is the brother of Geechee. Wow, really? I don't think I realized that. Listen to him. Listen to Geechee and listen to Ish. Geechee sounds just like Ish. That's his big brother. Man, 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 they sound the exact same. Wow. That's wild. Yeah, that's his brother. That's I, his, literally his big brother. That and, and, and so they're another one that they don't they don't get necessarily um I feel like Das Effect sometimes ends yeah. up not getting what they yeah. should be getting. Shout out to shout out to um, you know, books and Dre's too, man. Drake I mean, continue to get well, and 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 they and they can and they do shows. Mm-hmm. Are they both? Are they both doing shows? Yeah, they both do shows. But like, yeah, I just sometimes feel like in the conversation, you know, I fight to have these platforms so we can make sure that there are going to be places that celebrate. Yeah. We appreciate that too. Man. There's a lot. There's there's so much more to be celebrated, and hip hop fifty is great. Ebro and I sort of disagree, but it makes sense that we disagree because I've always been more, and and, and maybe this is rooted. I don't want to feel like getting too deep. It could be rooted in some level of privilege of mine growing up that I'm like, well, fuck the money because I'm not as worried about money. But whatever, Ebro has way more money than me now. So I feel like we can speak (laughs) evenly about this. Right. (laughs) I I get grossed out, of course, at the level of corporate pile on. You know what I mean? Like, I get you. I get it. Y'all want to sell your fucking Google Pixel. Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. And it's cool that people can make some money. But until I am able to see the financial distribution of it, like, pardon me if I'm not like, yay, thank you so much, because who's ultimately making the money when those shows happen? Right. The breakdown, of the, I'm sure some are great. Mm-hmm. I'm sure sometimes the show breakdown is great. You would know better than I do because yeah. you know what you've made on some of yeah, these yeah. shows. No, they've been cool. But I'm sure on other ones, mm-hmm. there are a lot of corporate people shaking hands and making a lot of money. Right. And then the artists are told, hey, we have time for you to do two songs and we have $5,000, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. after taxes, 2,500. Yeah. I don't know. The corporate involvement of it is cool. I just think we need to continue this celebration of classic shit well beyond now. And, and I don't know if you feel the same way too, though, but you know, I got a call from a couple of my friends and we were just, just chit chatting about uh, hip hop 50 and they were saying hip hop 50 is older than 50, dude. I'm like, yeah, but people are not saying that. 
And I think that the Hip Hop 50 people need to realize is really the celebration of Cool Herc and his sister throwing a party in a rec room at, at 1520 Cedric Cedar. You know what I mean? Cedric it's, Cedar. Yeah, it, it's generally, we have a date that is generally yeah. a good date to go with. Yeah, but it's really older than that. But it if is. you start getting into, into that, then you go down this rabbit hole that causes confusion. You go down this rabbit hole that you can't really pick what date it really is. Truthfully, you know what I would have done? I know it would have made a lot of people sick because they'd be like, that record, blah, blah, blah. If, if you were really forward thinking on it and you thought about how much there could be in it, if we had more time, even more time, I made it might have made it 1979 and played 50 off of when rap really came out in a real way. Man. Rapper's Delight drops Delight. in July 1979. Again, I know there are people like, ah, Rapper's Delight gets all, I get it. And I, I understand, we all understand what that record is. Right. But don't deny what that record is either That's in right. terms of the Amy explosion. With it. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a very clear easy date you can get the actual release date That's of right. the single on sugar hill records and the beauty of it is it gives us six more years right, right now to build for 50 but i don't know that people realized how much there was to do with 50 you know what i mean and shout, shout out, out a label in jersey well there you go again right another another thing jersey. to celebrate right so uh, before i let you get up out of here what is do you have an overall, besides your, obviously, the, the part of you that just wants to continue to give back to the community from which you came, do you have like a set political aspiration that you know you're trying to get to? Or are you just trying to ride this thing and see where it goes? Slash, do you, or do you just have goals that you want to get done and then you'll consider what's next? Like, how do you view things for your no, career? It's an honor for me to govern where I grew up, right? So to govern where I grew, like I'm literally in charge of the community that I grew up in, that Redman grew up in, that Rod Digger grew up in, that the Artifacts grew up in, that Queen Latifah. We didn't mention the Artifacts before, glad yeah, you did. Shout out to Artifacts. And um, I got a record with Ella Sensei and my cousin on this new project called The Cousins. That's, that's crazy. But I get to govern, you know, I get to make legislation with Tupac and I talked about. I get to make laws and present laws in the community where I was jumping the gates, running from police that me and Reggie was doing crazy things. And, and we actually sat on my porch years ago. That's why words are powerful and talked about building community centers and doing things in our community when we were 13 years old. And now to be 50 and talking about it and actually doing it from a standpoint, a political standpoint, it's nothing that I ever thought that I would do, but I'm here. And I look at it like my journey as a highway, right? Like, you know, I remember being in, in, in Germany one time at the Mercedes Benz dealership where they actually make Mercedes. And I remember that we were in a, the, on the, the line. It was the head where they put the headlights in and they were talking about the dimensions of the headlights. And they said, these headlights see 200 feet in front of you. And I know they were just talking about a car, but it sparked something in me to say, wow, these headlights see 200 feet in front of me. But that's when it's not moving. When it moves, you see another 200 feet. When you move, you see another 200 feet. If I get up and walk into the middle of the room, I start to see what's on the balcony that I can't see while I'm off in the distance. So I started to say, wow, you know, a movement's not a movement if you're not moving, right, in a forward direction. And as you move, you start to see on-ramps and off-ramps and, and destination signs that you couldn't see when you were off in the distance. Mm. So I can't really answer what I will be doing, but I'll tell you that this is a heck of a journey that I'm honored to be on. I'm happy to be on this journey you know, and um, whatever the universe got for me, whatever God has for me, you know, we're going to do that. And until then, 
I'm going to unapologetically continue to be hip hop because this is what was asked of me to represent my culture here at this table. I know that this table has been built over hundreds of years before I've come, you know, and shout out to Shine um, Barrow, too, because uh, we brought him to Newark and made Belize City in Newark a sister city. So I'll be traveling out to Belize City with him um, in November in my city on behalf of politics, but on behalf of hip hop. And I tell people all the time that this is not just me having a being an elected official in the city of Newark. This is an elected official that is for the culture of hip hop. So I am I am a representation for the culture of hip hop. So utilize me, utilize our city. And that's what we're going to do, man. And, and, you know, like I still hip hop. I bought, you know, I, I use it as a therapy. I have a, you know, I have a studio in Newark, New Jersey. So, you know, just keep making music and keep hip hop. And is my culture is my therapy, man. You know, that was beautifully said. Appreciate it, man. No, I, I appreciate I appreciate you being here. It makes a lot of sense, by the way, especially the analogy to the headlights. You know what I mean, and and what becomes available as time goes on. Why it's very hard to have any, you know, set idea of where you're going to go when you right. can't quite see. That's that, that's very well said. Um, do you want to introduce this young lady who's who's sitting here with us? By the way, yeah, this is this is Fatima B, man. You know, Fatima is a. Uh, I call her the songbird, man. She's an R&B singer. You know, and like I said, I own a studio in Newark, New Jersey. So she's done music with Redman and all of that. And, and she's actually my cousin. So one day she came she came to me and she's like, cuz, you know, I've never done any music with you. I've done music with your friends, but I haven't done it with you. So I was like, just pop out of studio one day. And one day she came by and we got into a conversation before we started to create music. And through that conversation, like even with all of the things I've done and successes I've had in my life, I feel like my my grandmother has been my guardian angel. Like she's been there with me because I've never met her. She died when my mother was 15 and Fatima's father was nine because my mother and her father are brothers and mm. sister. So we never met her. And she really started to tear up and was like, wow, I feel the same way that grandma, even though I never met her, was my guardian angel. So we made we made this one record. And it was just amazing. And we said, let's just keep making music. And that music was inspired by the love that we have for our grandmother that we never, never met. Never even met. And her name is Alma. And then we know Alma in, in other languages is, is defined as soul. You know, her voice is just Mary-ish, you know, Faith-ish, you know. Um, so we just made this, this album and this music like hip hop and R&B type like Mary and, and, and Meth type of album. We named it after our grandmother, inspired by our grandmother. We released it on our grandmother's birth date, which is always also hip hop's birth date. And uh, if this was the 90s, she would already be double platinum. And I really just do it for therapy. I'm not trying to be on everybody's radio. I mean, all of, to have your music heard by the masses is always great. But it's just it's just therapeutic for me, man. And, and to do it with my family member, my cousin. You know, Alma, man, it's on all streaming services and all of that, man. And it's actually doing good. People love it, man. Adult contemporary hip hop. Anything you want to add about working with your cousin? This project has been absolutely amazing. And um, I keep reiterating the same thing is that um, the alignment of everything, how everything happened and the dates and the times. And um, me and Du, as we got into the studios, a lot of this stuff was not premeditated or pre-recorded. We went in, we heard we heard the tracks, and we would start writing. He'd go in one corner, I'd go in the other. By the time we meet in the middle, it's like, oh, snap. Like, I didn't even, we never had to change much. It was all. Right, it all, it all went. Everything mm-hmm. flowed. So um, 
to just be at this point and just kind of hear what comes of the album, it's surreal, to be honest. We always say, like, you know, when you listen to the album, we mesh well. I'm very, very proud of this project. That's super cool. Elma is available streaming everywhere. Uh, Dupre Kelly, uh, when are you up for election again? 26, man, 2026. Oh, we got a minute. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, Mayor Rajay Baraka. Shout out to Mitty Baraka. Shout out to uh, my council colleagues, man. Um, I'm learning a lot, though, Pete. You know, I feel like uh, community is not a problem. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm well etched in the community. I had to find my footing when it comes to governance. I would think so. You know, um, and uh, I feel like I'm finding it, still finding it, but I'm, I'm cool. Politics. That's the thing that's forever changing, that's swift, and there's no permanent friends, there's no permanent enemies and things of that nature. So, you know, that's the part that I, you got to stay on your toes and, and deal with, man. And, no, I mean, it's, when you see the people who make it far, yeah, you understand why it takes a rare breed of good person to be able to do it. Barack Obamas don't just grow out of the ground that you just find like that's a, a unique and even in the case of Barack who mm-hmm. his character is so like he such a rare breed of character but Barack also still as a result you can look back at his presidency and see the political decisions that he had to make this the sort of centrist president he had to be to even get to where he was at right how wonderful a human being he is I mean, it's just a challenge bro it, it's just it a challenge you know is. shout out to the people who were like Really getting after it, the the AOCs of the world who are like, Shout out to AOC, man. Who, who's on their grind and willing to be kind of like knocked down at every turn. Yeah. And, and, and it's just hard. It's a really, really hard game. And, um, you know, especially in these days, at this very moment in time, I think some of us as big time progressives are forced to take on a more centrist stance at times yeah. because of what we're dealing with on the other side. Mm-hmm. And like, as a 44 year old, I get in arguments sometimes with my younger friends and it's not because I've lost my ideals in any way. It's just because I have a bigger view of what the political field is right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we still have opportunities to push this party more progressive. Yes. The thing is you may not be able to do it in the specific moment when you're fighting against utter pure right wing evil. You You might have to come together, do some centrist things to send them away and then be able to be like, now we need to push ourselves even further right. where we are. Right. Um, so sometimes I get very frustrated with these conversations every day when Joe Biden's not the perfect candidate for no, everyone. Listen, if you notice, Democrats don't fly Joe Biden flags, okay? But at the same time, I, uh, I got news for you. We're not running a different candidate. Right. So let's, let's, so we have, these are the options we got. You know what I mean? You could try to come up with something else if you want. I could tell you what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You, you are going to only take votes away from this side. That's right. It's unfortunate. And I hate that that's the game, but that is the game that, that we operate in. That is the game. We're in dangerous territory of where a lot of this nation looks like 1930s Germany. You know what I mean? It sounds really crazy and aggressive, but it exists. But it's, it's, probably, it's, an, it it's an underbelly that's really there. And I know it sounds so old. And as you get older, you realize time isn't as long because it sounds crazy. People are like 1930s Germany. What? No, in, ni- in the 1930s in Germany, they thought they were good. They thought they were good. Like society yeah. was civil. Yeah. Like they were like, yeah. it wasn't like shit was fucking crazy. People had jobs. They had families. They had kids. Right. And, you know, it's like, yeah, but people keep talking about the Jews. But I mean, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Once you get older, you realize that wasn't that long ago. That's right. Crazy shit can still happen. That's right. It's the, we, we act like it's over. No. Bro, the crazy shit might not... We don't even know what... Yeah. The next crazy shit might be crazier than we've ever seen before. Ever. 
So anyways, um, this has been really cool. Let's do it again. Man, let's do it again, man. A lot more to do. Um, Congratulations and happy 50th to you too, man, because you definitely have a mark, man. First I thought you meant my birthday. I was like, damn, don't rush me, bro. I'm 44. (laughs) But no, I appreciate that. Thank you. Happy hip hop 50. Happy hip hop 50 to everyone out there. Do it all. Do break Kelly, man. Thank you. Shout out to Kyle Will, man. Yeah, Kyle Will, my man Kyrie. That's right. Thank you for uh, making sure we got this done.